Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on podbean.com. Oh man, I'm coming in a little hot here on my mic. I apologize for that. Uh, welcome to the chat room there, uh, Scuba Steve and Kim. Glad to see y'all made it. So, this week, our country has lost its ever freaking mind. And, and I say that because we have sat and watched as our Constitution was lit on fire and then used to put out an even attempt to put out an even bigger fire in the process. With all the COVID-19 stuff, our, our wonderful Congress work to put through an aid package. Now, while I am not necessarily a fan of hundreds of billions of dollars being used to provide aid, I do understand that there are people who are being forced out of work because of no you know nothing that they've done wrong, nothing that their companies have done wrong. These aren't companies who have overextended. These are not companies who have made poor investments. These are companies that their states are being told, or their states are telling them, uh, you will shut down because we're scared. Uh, let see. Kim says, living in communism as she speaks, thanks to their governor. Oh, yeah. Um, it's It's absolutely crazy. And so, I can understand where the government is coming from with millions of people being being put out of work. Uh, was it last week's jobless claims? First time jobless claims jumped to three point two eight million people who are now having to file unemployment because. Uh, New York City, Los Angeles, Seattle, places like this are saying, unless you are working in what they have deemed an essential industry, you are to you are to self-isolate at home. You can only leave if you are going to the grocery store, you're going to the doctor, you're going to the pharmacy. Essential travel and essential travel only, again, as deemed by the local governments who are putting this in place. And now, the government is, the federal government is stepping in, so well, we're going to help you out. Now, originally there was a, 
like an $800 billion plan put in place to provide aid for persons who are needing it. You know, and also kind of help keep the economy, you know, hopefully limping along. Uh, considering we have lost all the gains to the stock market that have been made since Donald Trump came into office. Mm, pardon me. And so, okay, we're going to come up with a plan to get put people put money in people's hands, so that way we can keep it going. Scuba Steve says, "Guess what? They aren't enforcing it. It is even difficult for business to get designated essential." I found out. Yeah, um, as proof of this, I can back this up. The wine, whiskey, and beer industries are all considered essential. As is, wood and forest products are considered essential. Therefore, where I work at a plant that uses wood and forest products to make barrels for the wine and distilled spirits industry... We are essential. A vape store got designated as essential by selling hand sanitizer. Oh my God, that is crooked as all hell. So, again, you know, like, that's absolutely ridiculous that that went through. But, you know, like I said, you can make alcohol, you're essential. If you make products to can to help make the alcohol, you are essential. But I mean that's that's neither here nor there. But as I was saying, the government wants to step in, put money into people's hands so they can at least keep the economy going. Not that it's easy to keep the economy going when all these state and local governments are shutting everything down. But, you know, it, it's honorable. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I understand where they're coming from. The President and the Senate has a deal worked out. And then, here comes House Democrats. With a giant spending package that has crap that they've been trying to get pushed through for the last decade. It's got a ton of Green New Deal stuff attached to it as well. But what does this have to do with trying to keep people working? How do you quantify gun stores as being essential? Well, in places where, you know, in these cities like... I'm going to go into this, I'm going to go into this. Cities like Philadelphia, Baltimore, uh, some of these major cities where they're telling their police, yet, yeah, if someone's being, house is being broken into, someone's being assaulted, you will not respond because we don't want you to get, we don't want you to get sick. And so... People have to have a way to be able to defend themselves. And so that would be a reason for keeping gun stores open because then it allows people to purchase a firearm for their home protection. 
that's kind of how they work with it. I'm the see when people get and supply the means to defend themselves. Yes, yes. Can you prove it? Um, only through FBI statistics that show what two million crimes are stopped with with the use of a private-owned firearm on an annual basis. That's pretty significant statistic on that one. But, again, allowing people to be able to defend themselves when they don't necessarily have police protection. I live way out in the boondocks. If something happens at my house for a sheriff's deputy to get out to me, that's going to be 45 minute to an hour wait. And that's an emergency. Being able to... Not being able to wait is kind of a big deal. But if we could save just one life, isn't it worth it? Well, okay, if we can save one life, let's get the bureaucracy out of the way of the medical industry and let and do like South Korea did with their with their single payer health care system. Get the government out of the way, turn the free market loose, and be able to make the drugs, be able to make the equipment, be able to come up with treatments that could save just one life. I think it would be worth it, but that's neither here nor there. So we have billions of dollars in additional spending that has absolutely nothing to do with taking care of people who have had their jobs displaced and interrupted via all these, uh, I'm not going to call it overreaction, but a lot of heavy government interference. So I just want people to die. Certain ones, certain ones, yeah, I really don't have an issue with, but eh, Again, neither here nor there. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce you to... Who is it? Twan? Hello, Twan. You're, you're making lots of arguments that either you're just trying to push me on how I'm trying to get a feel for me, or maybe you went to the wrong room. You're listening to the wrong live show. I, I, I don't know what you're exactly here for, but... I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the show, by the way. But, so we have all this money that's designated to be spent on things like, well, that was proposed to be spent on subsidies for solar and wind energy. Um, how is a business that is not able to make money how is keeping it afloat? How's that helping out workers? I was just playing devil's advocate. Oh, it's this turd burglar. We've uh, it's a one one of my, my Twitter followers who has an interesting name on here that I did not recognize. Yeah, it says uh, Tuan is a 
again, it's one of my Twitter followers who he's playing devil's advocate. So, okay, I forgive him for coming off as a turd burglar. It's okay. We still kind of like you. Maybe a little. But, so the bill that came from Congress was so laden with pork that it made absolutely no sense. And so then it derails the system. It derails the work at getting funding pushed through to help people out. But for some reason, it was Donald Trump's fault. I'm I'm just trying to let that one sink in, but... So, it goes into negotiations, and they come out with a new plan, a better plan, a brilliant plan. And suddenly, $800 billion in direct aid to the people who need it has suddenly suddenly become $2.8 trillion. $2.8 trillion, the absolute majority of which is all a bunch of corporate handouts. Steve wants to know, is Mexico paying for this plan? Why, no, no, they're not. In fact, we're not even paying for this plan because, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only, modern monetary theory. Remember months ago, when a certain congresswoman from New York City formerly a bartender, when asked how do we pay for the Green New Deal, said, you, you just do. You just pay for it. Kim says we're still waiting on Mexico pay for the wall. Uh, we're still waiting on the wall, much less Mexico paying for it. So, a certain congresswoman from New York City, well, how are you going to pay for the Green New Deal? Well, you, you just do. Well, how are we paying for this? Well, we, we just are. We are going to have the Fed print a buttload of money that has nothing backing it up. So, not only are we going into debt, we are inflating our currency, causing it to lose value in the world. And how does this help us in the long run when, okay, we're taking an additional $2.8 trillion in debt. The overwhelming majority of it is handouts, not to people, but to corporations, to labor unions, to those selected people who, well, they're just too big to fail. We, we, that, that's all we can do. They're just too big to fail. We can't let them fail. Well, I'm sorry. If the barrel plant shuts down and I'm not making money, shouldn't I be kept from failing if it's a dis- because of a decision made by Washington, D.C.? Or, or why, why is me failing not an issue? I'm, I'm a taxpayer. I've worked my butt off my entire life. Why should I be allowed to fail? Because of decisions that aren't made by me. Decisions that aren't made by the president of the company the or the board of directors. 
you know, this is this is the kind of stuff that drives people crazy when they see these bills. Well, wait. It's the people who are suffering, not Boeing. Boeing will still have all kinds of government contracts to keep them afloat. You know, people like that. Um, we're giving $25 million to the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. And no sooner than the bill had been signed, the musicians who worked there were told, yeah, after April 3rd, you're not getting any paychecks. Wait, 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 wait. They, they're getting $25 million in additional federal funding. But here in a week and a half, they are not getting paid. The employees aren't getting paid. Why the hell did we just dump $25 million into the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts? Because, oh my God, it's essential. We need to keep the doors open. Just to turn around and tell the freaking musicians, the people who play for the, you know, play for the operas, they play for the, these beautiful concerts there, that they're not going to get paid, that they're not going to have work. What are what is the deal on that? Or is that what's that twenty five million dollars going to? Or is there did the government take out a loan? Or did they take out a loan to keep it afloat and now they're they're paying it off but at the expense of employees? I thought a lot of this money that was being doled out, or at least in the loans to these uh, medium-sized businesses, well, if you take the money from us, you, you have to keep the employees. You can't lay them off. Oh, and by the way, if they choose to unionize, you can't stop them. You have to let them unionize. Unless you pay the money off first, or you don't take it at all. Uh, Tony says, we have military bans, so why not? Yeah, the military bans are still getting a paycheck, though. Unless, you know, we sequester the military again, but that one's that's kind of a, not a thing right now. It would be nice, though, to get some of the military bands, you know, in the D.C. area because you have, you know, the president's own United States Marine Corps band. You have, you know, the the, the main army band there in the uh, government, there around the government garrison, you know, Fort Belvoir and all that. Kim says, I think the government believes the money grows on trees. I think you're right. I'm starting to believe that the government is run by my 8-year-old, my 11-year-old, and my 12-year-old, my 15-year-old, and my 18-year-old. I think, I think that's who's running the government. The same people who come to me and beg for money when it's five days after payday, and they're shocked that, I can't afford that, are you crazy? But then I think what the absolute worst part of it is. <laughs> Steve says, no, if your kids ran the government, the decisions would make sense. It do. <laughs> 
Someone says he played the trumpet in high school. Why didn't I join the military for that? Ah, yes. I played clarinet in high school, but there weren't any uh there weren't any clarinet player positions and it's also really hard to join as a join as a musician, I've found out. Because you just don't enlist and go. You actually have to go and audition and be offered a offered a uh offered a contract through the band system in the military. It's it's crazy how that one works. But on on top of all of it, after the grandstanding from Nancy Pelosi, where she stood in the well and she flailed her arms and she said that absolutely 100% of this package goes directly to affected workers in the United States. And she lied through her polydent-held teeth. Because, again, we can see quite plainly in the bill, once it finally got passed, because that's how D.C. works these days. Well, you, you, you have, you, we have to pass it to, to find out what's in it. And we see that, uh, what, maybe... Less than one-third is actually going to go to the people. The other two-thirds is all bailouts and handouts and corporate welfare. You know, and then this bill, which didn't even originate in the House. It originated in the Senate. So... Here's number one of where the government has said, you know what, screw the Constitution. Here's where they said, screw the Constitution. Because we need to get this through. We don't care where it starts as long as it starts in the Congress. So the Senate side... They originate the bill, even though it quite explicitly states in the Constitution that any sort of spending bill has to has to originate in the people's chamber, in the House of Representatives. We just all these spending bills here the last ten years, hell, maybe even longer, maybe even going back twenty years, you have these bills starting in the Senate, even though it it is quite explicit within the Constitution they're supposed to begin in the House. So there's number one going out the window. And the Senate actually voted on it, but the House did not. The House just, they got everyone together and said, well, do we all agree that this should go forward and get unanimous consent? And then, Heaven forbid, one congressman had the testicular fortitude to actually stand up and speak out against this. And he was absolutely lambasted by such wonderful conservatives as Mitt Romney, John Kerry, Donald Trump just absolutely ripping him because he had the the temerity to come out and say, no, what we're doing is wrong. Um, 
he was he was cornered as he was walking out of the out of the Congress after he was given one minute, one freaking minute to stand up and plead his case. Out of a four hour block of debate, he was given the one minute. And as he's walking out, they ask him, what is going on with this? Yeah, I did say conservatives like John Kerry lit him up. Uh, On Twitter, John Kerry actually called Thomas Massey an asshole. His exact words in a tweet. And it's like, I had to go back and reread this tweet several times. Wait, a former senator, a former secretary of state... Some jack wagon, I used to be in the Navy, but I'm so, so proud of my service that I threw my medals in the trash veteran. I'm using, I'm using that word very loosely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you should, uh, Tony said he should probably go to bed. It might be safer, but. All these people coming out and ripping a congressman because he's actually upholding his oath. He's doing the duty that he swore that he would do. John Kerry calling anyone an a-hole is more of a badge of honor than an insult. Absolutely. And they turned around at the end of that tweet and said, called him a hashtag masshole because, you know, that's, I guess, an insult to people from Massachusetts. I don't know. I thought, you know, just being John Kerry and having a face that looks worse than Mr. Ed's is uh, much worse than being from being a dickweed from anywhere in that state. <laughs> Tony says that I'm stuck with him at this point. Yes. But um, like I said, Thomas Massey, he walked out of the house. And see if this will get this to play just right. And Well, they didn't even give me a minute to speak in a four-hour debate. There's a big cover-up in there. You believe Uh, it's a cover-up, sir? Well, they're trying to cover up their votes. They had enough people there to pass the bill, but they still refused to have a recorded vote. And they told me they were trying to protect members. Don't you believe that that's the case? There's 435 members in a room that can't hold that many. No, no. They're trying to protect the members who are there from political ramifications. Sir, both sides of the chamber, your side as well as the Democrats, as well as the White House, have said that they didn't want you to do this. Why press forward into a bill that everybody agrees should be passed? Like I said in there, I came here this week to make sure our republic doesn't die in an empty chamber by unanimous consent. These people need to do their jobs. If they're telling people to drive a truck, if they're telling people to bag groceries and grow their food, then by by golly, they can be in there and they can vote. And that's what and that's what we did this week. They came and you can see it didn't delay the vote any. They sat on their cans yesterday here. They didn't do a thing yesterday. They were trying to say this would delay it to have a recorded vote. The truth, if you're willing to report it, is they don't want a recorded vote. They don't want to be on record of making the biggest mistake in history. And that is why I absolutely love this man. 
Ha. He he says I thought wrong why he's sober enough to comment. Um I do try to keep this as PG thirteen as possible. Uh Steve said that my language was bad. He thought this was a family show. Eh, it mostly is. They have to ask what a dickweed is. Well, it, it's time to say, well, sometimes people who are in the military, they use language that's a little on the harsh side. I'm sorry, little Jimmy. We'll, we'll, we'll try to screen it next time. But that right there from Thomas Massey was the absolute reason why I love him as a congressman. Because he is not afraid to do what is right. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast. And as always, stay relentless. All right, I'm back here from uh, the little quick break. Had to get a little drink to kind of, kind of you know, wet the whistle, so to speak. So, as always, this show is sponsored by my buddy Zach down at Cedar Hill Woodworking. You can go to his uh, Etsy stores. Go to Etsy and the search Cedar Hill Woodworking, all one word. There you can get awesome, awesome uh, hand-built dice towers, dice caddies, uh, all of it is laser engraved. You can get you can get uh, little racks to put your model paints on if you're into that. Uh, he builds little terrain kits for uh, tabletop games. If you're do if you're into Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Warhammer 40k, he 3D prints little characters you can use for the for all the gaming. It's awesome. And still waiting on uh, some merch from him. Uh, that I'm going to start selling the store. It, he he's making a fairly big order for us, so you know it it takes time to do all the laser engraving of what he of what it is. So as soon as I have that available, I will gladly put that up on the store for sale. So again, just go to Cedar Hill Woodworking over on Etsy and check out Zach's store. It's awesome what he does. I love it. I mean, this has been a big work for him. It's like it's taken him three years to get to where he's at now since he's gotten out of the army. It's awesome. Just please go there, check it out. Totally awesome that he uh, that he stepped up to be a sponsor for the show. Again, that's Cedar Hill Woodworking. Go to Etsy and check that out. So, anyways, back into it. Yeah, Thomas Massey standing up and just. Yeah, Kim says she wishes she could buy stuff. They're struggling, and we all are. Um, especially uh, certain states, certain cities are just being absolutely decimated. We're kind of watching to see what happens with 
our county because we're up to, I think, five or six confirmed cases of COVID. And while I am not overly worried, I am taking it seriously. Um, I do my best. If I don't have to go out and do stuff, I don't. Which is kind of really bad today when I find, find myself going into stores like three different times because, oh crap, we need this. Uh-oh, need to grab that. Darn it, why didn't we get this the other day when we were out? But, you know, it's one of those we do our do our best to just kind of go in, get what we need, get out, and don't be um, just kind of, don't be out there and just mingling with people. Like we had to go had to go to the feed store to get dog food, and I was told, "Yay, call in your order, show up the check written out, and you know, they'll come out and meet you. Tell them I ordered this, and they'll take your check and they'll bring your what your order was." And I show up, and it's like the doors open, people just walking in and out, and it's like, "Huh, they're." really taking this seriously aren't they i walked into the store and you know paid for the dog food and you know they you know carried it from the warehouse out to the you know out to the van but it's like are we trying to prevent stuff here what's going on uh my son works at a grocery store and he was you know, he at least they have him, you know, at least wearing rubber gloves when he's handling stuff, when he's uh, checking people out. He's actually getting an extra couple dollars an hour as a uh, uh, hazard duty pay because he is so exposed and likely to or has a more increased chance of catching this virus. So, I mean, that he does have that going for him. And, again, it's one of those, are we going to take this seriously and actually try really hard to not let crap get worse? You know, and honestly, from the small government intervention person, store owners... I think should be the ones like, hey, this is how we're going to do this, X, Y, Z. We still want to make, still want to have, you know, get business, but we don't want to put ourselves or our customers at risk. Risk. So here is how we're going to handle our business. And that's a great way for it to, great way for it to work. Um, and even the minimal government intervention at the local level it is fine. Um my town, they've decided that, you know what? All the parks are not necessarily a good place for the kids to be hanging out. We're going to still allow people to walk the trails and stuff like that, but picnic areas and the the gazebos, we're going to close those off. We're going to, we're going to uh, rope off the playground areas because we don't want kids being in groups and spreading this crap around. That's fine. Then you start getting into states who are doing the, because Kansas just went to a statewide 14-day lockdown. That I've got problems with. Because now you have people 
who are middle of nowhere Kansas. Um, like uh, the little town that uh, Martina McBride is from, just a wide spot in the road. They may have a grocery store. They might have a gas station, but there's nothing there. I should know. I've driven past that town a hundred times going to Medicine Lodge pickup uh, sheetrock when I was driving over the road. Now you have this little tiny town that it they're not going to be able to get out. Wow, Kim says that they're on lockdown until April 24th. Holy crap, you said you still have almost a month to go. That is awful. I would be losing my ever-loving mind. But you have, you know, when the states start doing this, and then they turn around, especially some of these uh, more left-leaning states, these left-leaning mayors, who has spent the last three years calling Donald Trump a fascist, a dictator, an authoritarian, a totalitarian. An absolute monster who's just trying to push all these things that they don't agree with down their throats. And then they turn around and go, well, he's not doing enough. Why are, why are the states, why are the cities, why are the counties making this, these decisions? Why are private businesses deciding who's going to come to work, who's going to stay home, when are we going to be open? Why isn't the president doing this? Wait, wait, what? You, you, five minutes ago, you were just talking about how evil he was. And now you're saying you want him to be more authoritarian? No, you look like an idiot. <laughs> Steve says, how dare the people think for themselves? How dare you? I I know I don't still don't have a uh, sound clip of little Greta Thunberg. Sorry. No, you look like an idiot. Thank you, thank you, O oh faithful producer. Um. But so you, you have a president who he was who he gets railed against by people like Joe Biden that. He didn't do enough. From the beginning, he did not do enough. Wait. I have a I have this wonderful screenshot here of something that Joe Biden had tweeted. So on January 31st, Donald Trump said, you know what? We're going to restrict air travel to and from China. Because that's where this virus is coming from. And this is after we've already had a confirmed case in Seattle. The next day, Joe Biden tweets this. Quote, we are in the midst of a crisis with the coronavirus. We need to let we need to lead the way with science, not Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia and fear mongering. He is the worst possible person to lead our country through a global health emergency. End quote. Wait, you're going to say that he hasn't done anything for this today. This was a tweet earlier today. He was talking about how Donald Trump hasn't done anything. But 
the day after he did something, probably later than he should have, but still, two months ago, the day after, you're going to call call out Donald Trump for being a racist and a xenophobe because of China and not allowing the risk of sick people bringing this disease to the United States. I mean, forget the fact that in November, in the Lombardy region of Italy, there was a there were reports of a strange new pneumonia. It's not being caused by the flu. It's not being caused by a bacteria that we know of. It's of an unknown viral origin. Wait. This is in November? They didn't first start noticing it in Wuhan until December. Which this goes to tell me this thing has been around and being spread a lot longer than scientists and the CDC really know. And a lot of the stuff they're doing is purely guesswork. Now, I understand that they're trying to get ahead of this as best they can. It's not always easy, but it is what it is. We have over 100,000 confirmed cases of this garbage in the United States as of today. But the reason we have that many is not because it's spreading like a wildfire. It's because we have ramped up testing so much. And in the process of ramping up the testing, we're able to show that, you know, Yes, we have a bunch of people do it, but the number of people who are ending up in the hospital, that percentage is going down. Um, we have and the number, the percentage of those who die is going down. Uh, two of the cases here in my area is an army reservist and his wife who they have it. And they're not being treated in the hospital. They're being told to stay home. And if it gets worse, then come in. Uh, one of the local Spring, uh, Springfield, Missouri hospitals, they, uh, they issued a statement today that they currently have uh, 40-some-odd respirators online at the hospital right now. They have 80 that are being that are going to be delivered soon. They have another 10 or so that are current they're being repaired. So they have I think it's close to 180 respirators available at that hospital. Currently with their caseload of COVID-19 patients as well as other patients who need to, who need to be on a ventilator of those 100 some odd ventilators they're using 20 or so huh so we're 
So for months, we've been, or the last couple months, we've been getting told through websites like COVID Action Now, if we don't do anything, it's going to be the end of the friggin' world. Okay, well, do we even really know what we're looking at? What does, because the data that we have right now is incomplete. It's data that's still coming in. And the so-called experts, and I'm using air quotes when I say experts, they get all boo-boo faced and butthurt when you compare it to the H1N1 outbreak of 2008-2009. Well, well you, you, you can't compare that. It, it, they're two different diseases. They do different things. They're, they're just not the same. Well, okay. First of all, slow your roll. Second of all, I think it's a good way. It's it's a good baseline because the data is complete on that outbreak. We can look and say this many people were affected, this many people were hospitalized, this many people died. We can look at hard numbers instead of looking at numbers that are constantly in flux. Yes, the number of infected or confirmed infected, is going to continue to rise as we continue to test, as we loosen up uh, testing guidelines. Granted, you're still going to have idiots who go to the hospital for a stubbed toe, and they, they're going to say, oh, I've got this cough. <coughs> I need to be tested for the, for the COVID virus. Looking at you, Kathy Griffin. And it turns, and the doctor's going to go, uh, no, you don't meet the criteria for testing. If you hadn't heard, uh, Kathy Griffin was admitted to the hospital with a severe abdominal pain and met absolutely none of the testing requirements to be tested for COVID-19. And she got on the Twitters and took a took a pitiful picture of her and in her little hospital mask and and at the door to her emergency room, you know, treatment area and oh, they're not testing me because because of of of, of Mike Pence and and in his CDC rules and blah 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 blah. Oh my God, things that make you want to put a bullet through your foot. Just because the pain of that is much easier than the pain of reading or listening to Kathy Griffin. But then it turns out that she was treated for an abdominal infection and released that same evening. And there was no absolutely no reason to test her. But she went on Twitter and continued to play the victim because, oh, they should have tested me just because I was here. No, it's people like you that clog up the emergency room during cold and flu season. You're the re- People like you are the reason why someone with a cold is taking up a bed in the emergency room when someone with an amputation comes in and doesn't have a place to be treated. Someone with a heart attack has to wait because your dumbass is parked in a bed that can be used for an actual emergency. How does she get famous? She's not funny. 
I don't know. That's the reason why she is a D-list celebrity. She's up there with the uh, ranks of Paris Hilton, Perez Hilton, and Kim Kardashian. She just happens to uh, know the right people that have the right influence to be able to, quote, be famous. She met only one requirement that mattered to her. Famous, questionably so, and has money. Yes, absolutely, Scuba Steve. And people talk about, oh my God, we the poor people can't afford this. The federal government is covering the cost of testing. Now, the majority of people has been shown that if you test positive, your symptoms are probably not going to be that bad. They will tell you, go home, rest, drink plenty of fluids, just like when you have the flu or some other viral respiratory illness. The only good thing it has going for it right now is that in the states that haven't banned the the prescription of the hydroxychloroquine, looking at you, Nevada and Iowa, and I believe Michigan recently joined that list, You know, people who are more severely affected, if they're being prescribed the hydroxychloroquine, and if they have any uh, significant secondary infections, i.e. pneumonia, where bacteria has set in, and then they can prescribe the azithromycin on top of it, you're going to recover. Granted, there are people who won't recover. These are people with severely with severely immunocompromised systems. These are people who, yeah, it's getting worse, but I, I, I don't think I should go to the doctor quite yet. It's just a really bad cough. Um, I'll, I'll get over it. Um, there's going to be the elderly whose bodies are just too weak to fight it off. These people, there are people who are going to die. That's an unfortunate, unfortunate thing. Um, and and I do agree with Donald Trump that, you know, n- there is no acceptable number of deaths when it comes to trying to fight this stupid bug. You know, yeah, 100 deaths is fine. A uh, thousand deaths is fine. That's that such a douche move by that reporter who was trying to, you know, corner President Trump into saying that, oh, you know, if we lose a few people. Um, it will, you know, it'll be fine. It's like, it, there's a difference between saying, yes, we're going to lose people and that's unacceptable, but we're going to do the best we can to keep that number as low as possible. And, you know, saying, eh, yeah, we, we lose a couple grand. We'll be fine. Kim says my fiance's friend who has lung cancer just got diagnosed with coronavirus. Ooh. That's a rough diagnosis when you already have something like that. I am praying for your fiance's friend. That is awful. I, you know, may God's healing grace be upon him. But I mean, with all of this, with all this is going on, the biggest thing to remember is just don't panic. If you're a person who gets told, you can't 
go out and do X, Y, Z. You can't go to your job. Hopefully, there's something in place to help you out. If you have been severely affected and you're in dire financial straits, I hope there's aid for you. I I hope these checks get to you and they help you at least bridge the gap for the time being. I do not wish ill upon anyone, you know, even someone who I have absolutely no, no, nothing in common with. And if we met each other in real life, we'd probably hate each other with a passion. I don't wish any ill will on anyone like that. I just want to see this country come together and how many people would get if I made a hitchhiker's joke? I don't know. Just make sure you have your towel before you make the joke. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I just don't want to see any severe bad happen to anyone. And I just want our country to pull together the Den of the Unknown says not many would agree, would get your joke. Yeah. See, I mean, 42. That's, that's all we need to know is 42. Use Arkin Frood. Indeed. All right. Well, like I said, I just want us to come together. I want us to be a country that's at least somewhat unified. Even if we don't agree on things political, things social, we still look look at someone and go, you know what, you're an American, you're somebody's son, you're somebody's daughter, you're a brother, you're a sister. I love you, I don't agree with you, but I want you to be well and I want you to do well with life. I want you to not have any huge adverse effects from this stupid disease. That's, I think that's the, the most we can hope for at this point is just to put the bull crap to the side and get along and help each other out. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the unknown says, yes, we got to somehow be at peace amongst each other. Absolutely. And that's going to wrap up the show for tonight. Those of you who are listening to this on the podcast, thank you so very much. Uh, If you're listening to it on Apple, I ask four things, four things, four things. Number one, subscribe. The more subscribers, the, the more the algorithm helps it find more people. Number two, rate it. Please give me that five star rating. It really helps. Then, you know, then as you get more subscribers, get that five star rating. Start showing more people. Then number three, leave a review. You leave that review, then it's going to find someone who's going to go, oh, what's this? They're going to read the review, and if they, and hopefully that review draws them in, again, more people. And number four, to be more direct in getting this out there, share it. Share it with a friend who you think will like this. Share it with a friend who you think this will drive them absolutely bat crap crazy. That is cool. How does one connect Podbean to Apple? Um, it, it, it's a bit of a workout. Uh, I think I had to find a YouTube video on it, honestly. Um, it's 
like Podcast Connect or something like that. Google Podcast Connect. That will help you find it. Uh, I know I've kind of gone off the rails with that, but, you know, someone asked a question, so I was helping them out. But, um, yeah, you can go to Podcast Connect, and it will help you get it, get it set up to be streamed on Apple. Um, now I've just gone completely, gone completely off the rails. Um, anyways, or if you also want to listen to this on demand, you can always go to www.relentlessdaring.com. Click on podcast. You can stream the back episodes of the podcast there at my website. If you would like to buy merch, you click on click on the shop button, and we have hats. We have a few T-shirt designs, stickers, cups, that kind of stuff. Um, again, also go to Patreon.com/slash/RelentlessDaring1 and go there. Sign up to become a patron. That's what helps keep this very rickety, very very scary train on the tracks. Uh, appreciate those people who are patrons over on Patreon. I'm working on things for you know special content for patrons. You have to bear with me. I do have a full time job, so it's a little hard to uh, really get devote the all the time I need for special content for for those Patreon folks, but. Please, please help out. It keeps everything into keeping this going. Um, Again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 